In this episode, we are joined by B. Dave Walters, a wonderful gamer and gentleman and all-around awesome guy who is involved in tons of shows on Geek and Sundry and all kinds of projects outside of that. He's got some really cool announcements that have just come out, and we're going to be talking about them during this episode. Heads up, this is a little bit longer than our typical show, just under two hours long, but it is worth it. We had a lot of fun with B. Dave talking about all the cool stuff that he does and how he got there and what's going on. And it's just a a phenomenal talk. So um, sit back and enjoy. Hello and welcome to High Shelf Gaming Podcast. I'm the host, David Gillespie. Every week, I'm joined by my co-host, Rich Wisneski, and we bring on guests to talk about role-playing games and board games and gaming conventions. If this is up your alley, feel free to download, listen, subscribe, and please rate us on iTunes. It really helps people find us. You can also connect with us on Twitter, at High Shelf Gaming, and join our Facebook group, High Shelf Gaming Podcast. It's a closed group, but click to join. We're friendly to everybody, and we'll get you added in. We also have a Discord server to talk games with us all you like. Hey, everyone. This is David Gillespie again, and as always, I'm joined by the cryptic Rich Wisniewski. Wow, Dave. Are are my communication skills that on par that I can communicate (laughs) in an encoded fashion that leads people to understand what the hell I'm saying? But I will take that under advisement and I will craft some new speech for today and otherwise. But Dave, as always, you are the master to my blaster and keeping the high (laughs) shelf family alive. So I always appreciate you, brother. Yes, I love it. Um, and today we are joined by a very special guest, Mr. B. Dave Walters. Uh, hey Dave. Coming to I. us from, uh, you're coming to us from a lot of different places. Um, like coming at you like a spider monkey. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's right. My I mean, favorite monkey. They're so, they're so energetic. <laughs> you, you just do so much stuff right now in the gaming space. Like you've got announcements that have just dropped. You are already involved in a ton of games on Geek and Sundry and your own shows on Geek and Sundry. Yep. Kind of lay it out for us. Lay it out for the audience a little bit, if you would. Oh, sort of living the dream. So let's see. Uh, right now we have uh, Vampire the Masquerade, LA by Night, a little show oh, we're yes. doing. Um, Excellent. That, that, Fifth edition. One of my favorite games growing up was Vampire. So yeah, yeah. Dude, I, awesome. I've been there. I've been there from the beginning for Vampire, and, and yes. to be a part of this now is really great. Uh, so yes, the, the show um, is in continuity. We affect the continuity. The things we really do like affect the world, which is insane. Uh, so we have that going on. I have uh, right now We're Live Frontier season two is airing right now, which is like uh, a survival RPG, right? Yes, survival horror. Yes, uh, the apocalypse is hit. Uh, it's essentially a zombie apocalypse, although the actual creatures are infected. They're not zombies. They are still biologically living creatures. Mm-hmm. Uh, think more. I am legend than uh, um, you know than than. Dawn of the Dead. Right, yeah. They, Davey's they have... already slipping into one of our favorite things, which is to recall things to movies or books. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, like we, it be, Dave. We'll it's... probably get in there a little bit. The um, it's it, They have cogent thought. They can yes. they can look at a situation. They can problem solve. They don't yes. just run blindly at problems. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, and they're, uh, you know, generally awful. Um, I have uh, <laughs> my, my own talk show, which is is what I got started with Geek and Sundry Ads. Uh, Ask Your Black Geek Friend. We have a, a new one airing. Uh, pending when this goes, uh, we're, we're going to broadcast that again on October 23rd. So it might be plus or minus a day or two of when you're hearing this. Right. Um, 
and uh, we have. Uh, I, I'm writing an official D and D comic for Dungeons and Dragons and IDW oh my gosh. comics. Dude, Excellent. that is such big news. Congrats! That Thank is so you. cool. That Thank is so you. cool. It is. It is kind of insane. And then we're doing an official streaming tie-in to that. And the weird thing is, there's actually more things than that. But if I, if I say too many at once, it sounds gauche. <laughs> It's like, yeah. don't worry, I'll handle that for all of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you don't have to worry about being overly gauche here. We. Uh... <laughs> well, then just one, one other last one. Then we're doing, please, uh, please, we're doing D and D in a castle next July. So, nice. oh, uh, that is so cool. Yeah, it's a getaway. Me and my uncommon trust friends. We're going to be playing games, running games uh, in a 14th century castle, which is it, insane. Is that the same place that? Um, uh, Satine went to yep. and all those other folks where there's like no self-service, there's no internet, like you are, you are off the grid. It is the same event, but it'll be at a different physical location. They were in France, we'll be in England, but yes, it. otherwise oh. it is the same thing. Very yep. cool. Very cool. I, I am, uh, incredibly envious of that. I mean, that just sounds like such an awesome opportunity and uh, really cool that you guys get to go out and do that. Well, one of the things I always ask guests, and I, I neglected to do in the first place because I wanted to hear all the stuff you're working on, kind of tell us some background on like how you got into gaming, where, you know, what games did you play before you became a celebrity professional gamer? Is Which, for the record, I've yet to get my head around that, even though I'm like, it's kind of true, though. It's kind of true. I'm right. Like, I'm like, I get, I'm known for doing the thing and I get paid to do the thing, but that is still, it's a bizarre like connection. Right. It's kind of like if you became like a professional coffee consultant, <laughs> they were like, could you just knock these back for us? And it's like, yeah. well, I mean, yeah, I am specially qualified. But yeah. uh, mm. I happen to love coffee and yeah. I drink it every day. So sure. You want to yes. pay me to do this thing I love to do? Yeah. Are you sure? That's what you're asking me. Yeah. Uh, I've been a uh, geek my entire life because my mom was. So I, I grew up very much. Uh, G.I. Joe, Transformers, Star Wars, yes. child, child of the 80s, that all landed directly, squarely on me. Yes. Did your did your mom, like, make you watch Star Trek or something like that? Was that also part of your... Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. D- Parallel, very... man. This is, yes. this is exactly how I got into... See, keep going, keep going. This is exactly how I got in. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Uh, so these characters in, in worlds have basically been a part of my life for as long as I can remember. And then I got into tabletop games uh, when I was around 13. Yep. Actually, uh, before that, I think for my 10th birthday, especially since you mentioned Star Trek, uh, I went to a hobby shop and I saw a book that was Ninjas and Super Spies. Yeah. And I was like, I want that because of ninjas and also super spies. What 10 year old kid doesn't want that book? Right. So my my mom bought it for me and I went home and it was old Palladium RPG ninjas and super spies. And I went flipping through it and I was like, what is this? It's like math and numbers. I'm like, I don't. I don't know what this is. How is this supposed to be fun? I thought I was yeah. going to read a book about ninjas and super spies, and they're like, telling me about stats I was and like, dice. I, I've been misinformed. I was told there would be ninjas and super spies. Yeah. It's, so, all, it's all the way at the end when you finally yeah. get to meet. And it's already like, no, dude, you buried it. I'm no longer yeah. interested. Yeah. No, you lost it. Yeah, so I returned it to the hobby shop and bought like a model of the Enterprise. To, to, that, that, to bring it back, yeah. And that's then, what our lieutenant commander does. Exactly. That's right. That's exactly. right. And then some years later, I mean, now I have that same copy of Ninjas and Super Spies, and I still have it. But, I mean, I had to kind of take the long way around. Oh, sure. Uh, well, without context. 
These are just like technical manuals for fun, Mm -hmm. which is weird. Super Mm -hmm. weird to say, no, in my free time, I read technical manuals that tell me how to play games. Well, especially because this was right kind of on the edge of like personal computers becoming a thing. I'm like, I'm like, listen, kids, back back in my day, not not everyone had a computer, and, and there was no internet. That's right. So I actually, I actually thought it was like a programming book or something. Like the idea that right. it was a game never even remotely registered in my consciousness till like right. some years later. Right. It's like people have fun with math and they do that on computers. So right. this has to be a computer thing. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I call those people nerds. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I'm a nerd, but I'm totally a, a nerd. I was, I was a very judgy 10 year old. Yeah. Um, and then came back around. I played Riffs with my friends was the first oh, game. Dude. Um, another Palladium game, ironically enough. Way, way to start in the deep end oh, of yeah. what, 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 what godlike thing are you going to face off against today that could blink and obliterate you until one day you're the one doing the blinking? Well, yeah, until the next supplement comes out <laughs> and like the twice as more twice powerful thing is going to be there. It's like, oh, the two headed dog was in this book. Next book's not even the four headed dog. The next yeah. book's the nine headed dog. That's right. That's like, right. It yeah. It's just such an insane compounding of power in those books. Oh, yeah. You read the first book, and you're like, Glitter boys are kind of rough, kind of amazing. Yeah. Why yeah. are they next to some dude with a pistol? Yeah. And then like two books later, it's like, oh, I'm sorry. The glitter boys are now in space. They've got planet killers. Like, oh, yeah. okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember like the like the dog, the dog boys, uh, where you had like the the pack of psychic hounds and stuff that I'm oh, all yeah. like, you're just gonna get smashed by the first thing you run into <laughs> yes. out of the sequel. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Shout out to the mechanoids, though. That's, <laughs> that's right, man. That's right, man. I was always a Lone Star guy. Like, I grew up in Texas. Yeah. So I got that Lone Star book about being a cowboy. The Lone Star Republic. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, I was all in. So, dude, I'm loving I'm loving your trajectory, man, because it's so many so many parallels. I, I, I love this. It's great. Yeah. And then uh, when I was 13, got started on D&D. Um, yeah. Same thing, because a friend of mine was like a super hipster and was like, Riffs, you should be playing Dungeons and Dragons. Red yeah. book. Red book. Red book. Say red yep. book. Red book. Yes. Good. Yes. Just basic. I, I don't know that he actually played red book. I think you just instructed him to say the words yeah, red book. I, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm, here, I'm here to make you look good because it's your show, Rich. I'm like, are we talking about Jung now? Because I can Whoa. Is this, like, is this, the, this is the first time this has ever happened, Dave. Yeah. I mean, if you want to go Jungian, we could do that, baby. Some like dream analysis, some tarot. I have Jung's red book. I, could, I mean, I can do that. Yeah. Um, we just do a reading right now. Just lay it I was, out. It's like my German's rusty. I can only read the translation. That's true. But otherwise, I'm with you. I'm just here to support you, man. I'm yes-ending you. Yeah. I'm yes-ending. Love it. <laughs> Everyone should do that. So it wasn't, it probably wasn't like D&D first edition Redbox. It was probably like second edition advanced yeah. D&D, something yeah. like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Oh, the 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 guy, the horse, the guy on the horse coming towards you swinging the sword. That edition of second edition with like the the, the shoddy seam in the side that all came loose like a pair of old jeans. That oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. okay, good. <laughs> which I still, which I, I still have. I still have all those books. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then... Um, played all pretty much nonstop. Like uh, my, my love affair with video games has come and gone, but D and D has been a fairly consistent through line with me um, all, all these years. And then um, a little later than that, that was 13 about the time I was like 16, 17 started doing werewolf. 
Oh the yeah. Apocalypse for White Wolf. Dude, um, that's that's how I got my start. I played a little D and D, but Werewolf and Vampire, those were my man. Those your jam, huh? I played way too much of that crap. I loved it. I loved every oh, second of it. Or at um, the exact right amount. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And they were the cool new kids, right? I yes. mean, when they hit on the scene, like D and D was getting was getting old. They hadn't yeah. really had a new edition. TSR yeah. was floundering. Really wasn't knowing what it was doing. And White yeah. Wolf showed up and said, "We're taking this shit over." Well, and it was the first one. I mean, obviously, this being the internet, I'm sure somebody out there is going to be like, "Excuse me, correction." You, it was you, not, assu- but- you were super wrong, and it being the first, it was just but- the most popular at the time, which is derivative. But, but what- <laughs> don't worry, B. Dave, they do that to me. White yeah. Wolf was the first game to be set squarely in the modern day. Um, even though there was a fantastic component to it, obviously it was very much about like real world problems, right? Like pollution and corporate greed and, and sexuality and consent and all this stuff that just didn't really like factor in with orcs and goblins. Well, and they did the impossible of making it so that you could have a game that everything was evil and it was okay. Yeah. Like, holy crap. You, you talk to a D and D crowd about, you know, tell me about your lawful evil game or your evil game. And everybody right. will tell you nightmare stories. Right. It's like, no, 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 no. Put it in the context of vampire or right. even in the context of werewolf. Right. Those groups do terrible things <laughs> without, without, you know, without even considering. Right. Should we do this? Like, no, we got to do this. So well, you're right, though. It's like, but D&D, plenty of groups are just murder hobos. Right. But right. but they paint this veneer of rationalization over them that your average vampire and average werewolf just does not have. That is correct. Yeah. That's correct. Which oh, is funny because that's one of the things we've really dealt with on L.A. by Night is the repercussions of, you know, should you have done that? Did they have it coming? And my character in particular is extremely unrepentant about that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's the, to me, that's the that's the joy that they really brought to the table mm-hmm. and, and, and fostered of, you know, you can be an unrepentant bad guy. But if you if you have your foundation behind you that makes that something that you can get away with, you're good to go, man. I am less the beast I become. Yep, that's right. And and really, one of the things that I love about vampires, it really explores a lot of the power dynamics. Yeah. That other games just don't even touch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And this edition, even more so. Uh, Fifth edition is very much angled towards telling stories of. Uh, younger characters and younger vampires. I mean, you're very much at the mercy of the storyteller, of course. If they decide that they want to set it as, you know, Kane takes Manhattan, then of course that's what your game <laughs> is going to be. Yeah, but but that's not what this this game is calibrated towards, or these rule set is calibrated towards. Um, it's and they did an interesting thing with this one because I got to a very very small part of some of the development i did some play testing and things near the end because oh that's awesome man yeah uh well remind me i'm gonna come back to that in one second yeah sure but but one of the things that they did that was very interesting is there hadn't been a major world of darkness supplement in 15 years right and so fifth edition picks up 15 chronological years later that makes sense. That makes yeah. so much sense. Because holy crap, there's yeah. so much meta plot that yep. was really kind of set aside. Yep. And yep. people wanted continuation. Did they want the fourth edition meta plot? Did they want a third edition meta plot? So, you know, there was a lot to unpack there. 
Yeah, and I think they came up with some fairly innovative solutions to that. Um, but I was just going to say as an aside, one of the high points of my of my life and my geek experience was sitting with Jason Carl. This was one of the first times we we hung out in they were in the very, very early development of Werewolf, where they were even just starting to think of what Werewolf 5e is even going to look like. And we kind of got to sit around and talk with each other. It's like, well, over these last 15 years, what would the Silver Fangs have done? Yeah. You know, like 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 post 9-11, what would the Shadow Lords do? Where are the yeah. Red Talons? Yeah. You know, and, and just even kind of getting to like throw out that I'm like, well, I think the Uctena would have dealt with all of these pipeline protests like this. And, oh, and shit, just, yeah. And just even getting to have those conversations was insane. Dude, I have chills. Like, I literally, like, I'm, I'm no shit. I've, I've got chills here. I've got, like, goosebumps and everything. Because, like, Werewolf was, I sunk my teeth into that so hard. And you think about the world that they were describing. Mm-hmm. The coming apocalypse is like, oh, like some of that shit's going on. <laughs> like, like they're, they're in the middle of it now. <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't want to give away too much. And quite frankly, I only know so much about it. But the tone of fifth edition is very much we lost. That's Ooh. awesome. That's like going to be so cool. Like the curtain comes up and it's like, we're too late. Yeah. Oh, and, dude, and then I- now what? I yeah. cannot wait for fifth edition werewolf. Yeah. I cannot wait. Oh my God. Oh, you're, you're getting me so jazzed for it. I really, oh, this brings yeah. back all my like high school angsty stuff. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. yeah. It, believe it or not, I actually feel that werewolf was more emo than vampire. I really do. Wow. It was more hopeless. Yeah. It was like, cause you didn't, you didn't get to live through, through everything forever. Like vampire is like, and eh, right now it kind of sucks, but. Tomorrow's yeah. going to suck, too, but I'll still be in charge. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Werewolf is like, no, I only got like maybe 20 years if I don't catch a silver round of the head. Yep. Maybe. So this is all hopeless. Yeah. I Werewolf felt felt dire every time yep. we played it. I mean, it's almost like it is a world of darkness. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, <laughs> we, we we had we had that discussion yesterday. Same, I was talking about I was talking to Jason Carl about what's the second half of the season and roughly which way we're going, and you know, trying to make sure we're all rowing in the same direction. Mm. And he said something about where he sees the story concluding, and I basically said that same thing. I'm like, it is almost like it is a world of darkness. Yeah. It's almost like. You know, <laughs> there is no bright shot. There's no bright yeah. sign on this. Yeah. 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 Like for the most part, you don't get the happy, hopeful. We're all going to ride off into the moonlight ending. Yeah. There the are no, part. there's no real heroes. Yeah. Which is yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to say anything else, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you talk about talking with the GM and saying, look, are we still going on the same route here in a personal game? I would almost never have that discussion. Or if I did, it would be in a different light. It would be along the lines of, Hey, are we like still on the main plot? Or if we totally tangented onto some like side, side plot situation, Mm -hmm. it would be maybe the dynamic I would have with my players. Mm -hmm. But like here, since you guys are putting on a show, is it okay to kind of talk about the discussion around that? Like, do you guys make sure you're on you know, uh, tangentially the right direction for where Jason wants to take it a hundred percent. And, and I would, I would argue that 
the best shows do, honestly, because the only difference between a streaming game and a home game is a streaming game theoretically extracts all the extraneous nonsense. Because, like, I firmly believe when you get together to play Dungeons and Dragons or Vampire with your friends or whatever, the the fellowship is a huge part of it. You know, hearing what happened this week, you know, complaining about your fighting with your boyfriend, talking about, you know, what you thought of the new Netflix show. That's all pivotal to the experience to me. Uh, I think that's why you you eat dinner together first, and that's all yeah. part of it. But on streaming, you don't have any of that. You're like, you're like you right. gotta you gotta get to it. Right. And so I think uh, wasting your time on superfluousness is the enemy. And, and that doesn't mean that you shouldn't let some scenes breathe, because of course you should. Sure. But I think uh, usually in the shows that I've been on that have been the best, and the shows myself that I've run, at the beginning of the game and usually at the break, you would say something like, all right, I'm, I want you guys to head towards the mall, you know? Get to the mall. Because I got some cool shit there. And yeah. this thing over here, eh. Yeah, right? I'm all like, head to the mall. Or or we'd be like, we're the goal is to get to the battle by the end of this episode. So there's still plenty of room to surprise the, the players. There's still plenty of room for them to react authentically. But they're not necessarily going to spend an hour and a half on recon and stocking up and strategy when you're like, no, you should be throwing hands by the... By, part two of the episode right so uh, uh, like again with um my character this is a, a spoiler alert to what's aired already so if you're not caught up on vampire earmuffs for a second spoiler, <laughs> well, and, 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 and when this comes out it'll be a couple of weeks further on true from the recording so guys true. if you haven't caught up like that's on you well, this might be, yeah, true. And this might be super, super, uh, speaking of superfluous, what I'm about to say may be in no way relevant by the time you actually hear this. But, you know, my character took over the valley. I'm Baron of the Valley. And so I was very much like, well, looking at how I could handle it, I could kind of ally with this guy, or I could go to war with these people, or I could do this. And I was like, checking with Jason. I'm like, for the story you want to tell, does it make more sense for me to go down this road? Does it make more sense for me to go down that road? Because right. again, I don't want to be campaigning for us to take a road trip to Sacramento when he's got the denouement happening in San Diego. Basically. Right. Yeah. And he's like, look, I can invent a bunch of stuff over there if you really want to go in that direction, but I've got a lot of juice right here. Let's go where the juice is ready. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's basically what we got. So again, I by no means, and let me be clear, it's not that I don't know how it's going to end, right. uh, but I know it's, you know, roughly over here-ish, roughly <laughs> do this-ish type thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which, which again, it just, it makes everything more efficient, especially in a situation like ours where we have a fixed number of episodes. Um even when you have an ongoing show, you have the luxury of being a little longer winded, but you still don't want to be boring uh, yeah. because it's still entertainment and people could still be doing literally anything. So you right. kind of got to keep it tight. <laughs> right, right. And, I, and that's, I think that's another really interesting aspect about the career that you and a very small group of people have now of being like professional role players which is really phenomenal it's still so insane right i'm just gonna keep saying it until one just, day you get used to it i know I, I i realize they can't see the video but there's a little involuntary pearl clutch every time he says that i'm all like land sakes i do declare 
So, but there is something about that of it is fundamentally similar to your at-home game because you're playing yeah. by the same rules and you're doing all that stuff. But the goals are so different. Part of it is, one, you're having fun at the table. And, and that's, you know, doing something that's fun for you is obviously gainful. But really, it's part the other half of it is to entertain. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, is, and is, is audience aware. Yeah. Which, you know, your at-home vampire game can get into some really crazy dark places because nobody's watching. Yeah. Um, you know? You know, it's funny that you, you you mentioned this professional gamer thing, and I'm like, no, that's not a thing. And literally in the time we've been talking, like, my phone is lighting up with text <laughs> messages from the cast of Where Life Frontiers. Because yes. uh, we're talking about the launch tomorrow. I've gotten emails from Wizards of the Coast coordinating stuff. And I'm like, and we're here talking about this. And I'm like, what is even real life right now? <laughs> um, right. Yeah. It's not like, it, 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 like, granted, well, it's not like a, a, you know, career where you got a degree in the thing and you go and get your nine to five and all that stuff. But yeah. like, this is a legitimate, like, you can live on this, right? I mean, it, well, you're about to say something, Rich. Say what? And I was going to go, you know, V-Dave, it's one of those things I wonder if you were, were you already in entertainment before this came about? Because, you know, we've all been talking about our 15th level paladins for years, and we remember that game with the rust monster that took this. So all of our games always had some fun elements in them, but we were just regular folks playing a game, whereas now online watching these fun moments in games with with actors yeah and folks that 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 just really hype it up it makes it more fun i mean just boom, 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 boom. yeah i 100 percent agree um especially if you haven't seen we're Life frontier the the season finale of we're Life frontier is one of the most insane things that you will ever see in your life because we the first season. This isn't a spoiler for say first season. Uh yeah. because you know we all have those moments where you hit your hole in one or whatever. And if you're lucky, maybe a friend got to see it. And we were fortunate that our insane thing was captured on camera for all time. Um, You know, uh, I I would say, uh, take a slight, slight detour into like, I always have to kind of give this same speech whenever I'm talking to people. It's I've been very, very fortunate to have the opportunities that I've had. Uh, but I've also worked my ass off for a very mm-hmm. long time. <laughs> yeah, your 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 sheet yeah. of things that you're doing now. Yeah, you're clearly used to a very high work. Like you have a very high work ethic. If you can do all yeah. those things now that you've arrived and you've you've started to like really kind of cash in on all the work you've done in the past, clearly you've you're a person who has historically done a buckload of effort. Also, another pearl clutch in there. Um, yeah, no, the, the the grind is eternal, man. Um, yeah. I mean, I can tell you, exa- I'll, I'll, before I tell you my exact story, and I will, more, th- more than anything, I just want to get across to people that now more than ever, it is easier to be able to make your mark and speak your truth and find your tribe, um, which was not true even 10 years ago. I mean, even the fact that you guys are doing this, doing this podcast, you're doing what you're doing. I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, And I mean, we'll call it, you know, before the internet really kicked in in earnest, we'll say 20 years ago to be charitable. It might've been as little as 10, but we'll call it 20 years ago. There was maybe 20, 25 people that controlled the entertainment business. And if one of them didn't give you the nod, 
you were never going to be on a TV show. You were wow. never going to be in a movie. You know, wow. you were you were never going to write a book. It just you you just weren't. Right. Uh, and so the 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 difficulty was getting permission to do things. Right. So now you don't need permission. Now yeah. you can do literally anything. Yeah. But the challenge now is being heard over the noise. Yeah. Right. Of getting somebody to pay attention to you and the thing that you do. Uh, but the good news for that is, and it can seem overwhelming, but at the end of the day, there's a, there's a concept called a thousand, a thousand true fans. If you Google it, there's a little bit of a write up, but basically if you can get a thousand people that are going to support you and essentially buy whatever you put out, then you've got a career mm -hmm. and, and you can live on that and you can, you know, you can have your life being creating, but don't feel bad about having a day job. I was just explaining this on Wednesday club a little while back. Having a day job is just corporate sponsorship. <laughs> but you're absolutely right to say that, that there is legitimate sponsorship there to say, look, this is my passion yep. and over here's my day job. But yep. I have a passion over here that, that I'm applying myself to. And one day, maybe I can live on it. But for right now, it's my passion is the thing that I want to put my extra time into. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, there's only one thing that every single human being on Earth is equal in, and that's time. We all have 24 hours in a day. We all have 168 hours in a week. And we spend that capital in different ways. But it is true of all of us. So when if you look at the... The insanity of my schedule and it is insane uh <laughs> i don't have the i don't have the hardest grind of other people i know you know it's like i think what i wow. what i tell everybody is when you look at something and you say i don't have time to do something just think of it as what you're saying is i don't care about that thing and when Ooh. you re and when you reframe it in your head that way you'll stop making a lot of the same excuses right yeah i um I, what is it? It's like, a, these are the things I'm going to do. And then there's a whole bunch of stuff that I would like to do. Mm -hmm. But the things I'm going to do mm -hmm. are what's going to shape my tomorrow. Sure. And I mean, I always run the same inventory when people are like, oh, I want to do that, but I don't have time. I'm like, cool. How much TV did you watch this week? How much time did you spend playing video games? Yeah. And I got nothing against TV and I got nothing against video games. But if you're telling me you have this depth of the resource of, of you know, of chronological resources, then I'm all like, I'm pretty sure I can find you like four hours. Yeah. You well, know, you know like, and, and just to like kind of add to that, you know, when we started this podcast, dude, I was watching as much as I wanted to of, of, of all the games that I wanted to find on YouTube and Twitch and all that kind of stuff. I was listening to all kinds of podcasts, but now that we're doing this, like, I'm sorry guys, but my viewership is way down. Like I'm just not giving time to me being entertained. I'm now putting a lot of effort into making our product. Yeah. I'm getting detrimentally behind in like my Netflix shows and stuff. Right. Yeah, Cause it's, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Right. Um, you know, because I'm, choosing to spend that capital elsewhere. Um, and uh, I might say that apparently it's working out, um, but yes. you know, I'll, I'll get to it eventually. But I mean, I have the double-edged thing though of part of what I'm getting to do is, especially with my talk show and some of that other stuff is I get to talk about those shows. So getting to sit down and watch things like Luke Cage is part of my vocation that I've been able to for myself even though i have not at all finished luke cage season two or iron fist season two and i'm trying to get to it before daredevil season three yeah but that's how hard life is yeah but i mean that's part of that's honestly kind of your challenge is that you're trying to say look in the in the zeitgeist of today 
yeah. here are here's my input. Yep. That means you need to be like versed on the zeitgeist. <laughs> so you yep. need to finish your shows before you can talk about that. Yep. Well, because the it also I'm at the point now that people just assume that I've seen things. I mean, I mean somewhat correctly, but uh, they very much will be um Oh, what was they it? They give um, you geek cred automatically. Yes. Right. Right. Well, especially when it's kind of like in my area, like mm-hmm. get out, right? Like people yeah. were blowing me up about get out instantly. Like, oh, did you see it? Oh my God, blah, blah, blah. And honestly, I didn't see it right when it first came out because, like, horror is not really my jam, you know? And then, like, some of the accolades started kicking in, and I was like, oh, all right. Well, let me see what the kids are on about, essentially. And then, right. you know, mine was blown. Right. Right. Um, yeah. And that, I think that there's, that's part of it is that, you know, people presume you're the authority and therefore yep. you've seen everything. It's like, I want to see that. Yeah. But dude, mm-hmm. between part of me being in the authority on stuff is that I got to put a lot of effort into shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't want to BS you and waste your time. Right. Um, which, you know, to, to tell you how I got into this, to try and give you my, my two minute biography here yeah, was I started, uh, Oh, hang on. All right. It's going to be a four minute biography. So <laughs> it's a podcast, man. It could be eight. I don't care. That's, that's true. I mean, stop it. I'll keep monologuing all day and I'll be like, and then it was at seven. <laughs> It'll be like part, part three of B day, <laughs> B Dave Walters episode. <laughs> yeah. Yay. I say unto thee, it is written. We discuss um, his twenties. <laughs> uh, well, I already told you that I got into the world of darkness games when I was a teenager. So I was yep. doing that in college, got super into a uh, Wu-Tang clan. Um, the rap group and yes. that inspired me to start training in the martial arts. I earned a couple black belts on a couple different disciplines and some buddies of mine. No became, big deal. Just, yeah. I just did that. No big deal yes. guys. <laughs> well, and you guys can't tell, but also like I'm gigantic. I'm like six, nine, two seventy. So it was yeah. Like, yeah. You, can, you can't tell on the podcast, but if you see, if anybody sees you on any show, it's like, Oh God, that's a tall dude. <laughs> you, yeah. You know, it's funny. Cause I'm all folded up when we're at the table and then they'll see like the cast photos and it's like, what is that? Like, <laughs> I do look like a CGI effect. Most Who's of that time. guy that we just see his neck. Where's his true. So you stand on a bunch of Apple boxes in the background. (laughs) There's a a torso loose in the studio. Yeah. Um, So uh, a buddy of mine became really famous musicians is the band Evanescence. They blew up in the early, early. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up with those guys in Arkansas. Um, And my buddy, Ben Moody, calls me and he's like, oh, you've got black belts now. Come be head of security for the whole band. And I was like, no, you know, like no question mark, but yeah, yeah. Like I'm not exactly qualified for that, but I appreciate it. And I really do. So he kept calling, kept asking. And every time the deal was a little sweeter and he was finally like, just come be my bodyguard. I'll pay you double what you're making and I'll pay it all in advance. Right. Because, dude, I'm getting paid and I want you on my ride and you're doing great. You're doing this thing that's interesting to me. Yeah. Exactly. Well, again, I'm like, uh, if you're going to twist my arm and violate my civil rights, then yes, I guess I'll do it. (laughs) So uh, I graduated college by then. I was working in IT um, and I I left all that behind and went all over the place with him saying all sorts of insanity. The stories are true. And then um, when the time came to to end that, because I was looking to settle down, you know, like my, my first child was coming along soon. Yeah. Um, I kind of transitioned out of uh, 
wanting to be on the road and everything. And since I finally was making a little money, I I was working with a financial planner and I realized I kind of liked it. And I'd learned a lot of things that I didn't know. And I was like, people, nobody just like knows these basic financial concepts that rich people know, but regular people don't. Right. And so I transitioned out of security into the financial services, which when you can see me, I do this, uh, go from security to security. Uh, (laughs) There's a little money thing there. Yeah, but it doesn't translate vocally. So (laughs) did that for a few years, owned my own business, uh, insurance business. Technically, I still do, but I haven't taken any clients on in a long time. And in the process of working with people, I realized that a lot of it, a lot of the helping them plan for the future was just figuring out what they wanted and giving themselves permission to want that thing. Right. That is like, do you want a boat, man? You can have a boat. It's cool. You know, it's like, do you want to open a vineyard, have a bed and breakfast? Is that your thing? Like, it's okay. Like, if that's your thing. Yeah. And I kept doing more and more of that kind of work with people. And then the bottom fell out of the market around 2008. And that was when I transitioned more into doing uh, more life coaching and writing and things like that. And I became a nationally syndicated columnist for BeliefNet for a while. Uh, was a wrote for the examiner.com. I had a dating Hell advice yeah. column that I did. And it was during that time that I started doing um, some convention appearances because I was rooted in geekery just because of who I am. Right. Sure. Yeah. I, and then I had these other skills that I'd assembled. Um, and a lot of times the geek community needs those skills mm-hmm. because being a geek is fucking expensive. You need some decent, like, correct forethought <laughs> before you get into the next big spend that you want to do. Correct. Correct. Um, and that was sort of my my door into the convention thing. And then uh, a buddy of mine, Damien, had done a couple things over Geek and Sundry, Damien Poitier. And he called me one last year. This was last March, March 2017. Uh, and he's like, I got an idea for a show called Ask Your Black Geek Friend. And I was like, stop right there, I'm in. So yeah. he, call, he called me Wednesday. We shot the pilot on Saturday. Wow. They green lit it on Monday. But that was in March. But we still didn't go live until August just because stuff. Logistics. Yeah. 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 So because you're you're out in L.A., everybody else is out in L.A., right? Yeah, we're all we're all we're all here in Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, which I mean is kind of the the epicenter for a lot of this stuff. Like, there's some people are making some moves other places, but for the most part, most of it really is going down here. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. Like, well, I want to say the top like four shows that I know about are all in L.A. Yeah. Well, and it's just because you have a, a a high amount of people that are comfortably on screen talent essentially is really what it is. Right. Yeah. They have that presence, the, the charisma, the, the ability to do it for four hours straight. Yes. That's the other thing oh. is that like the fortitude to go through an entire session being on the whole time. That's not something that people just have, man. You want to know something? Uh, when we shot, we're alive. We shot that in four day intensives. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, we just go in and we just grind it out in four days. what it's it's insane because i would say you sleep like a baby but you don't because you're terrified and emotionally drained so like near the end episodes we really look like survivors of the apocalypse (laughs) yeah they're all like afraid and like freaked out yeah yeah because we like we're all rubbed raw like we we feel like it do you got any more Uh, monster drinks i need some more monster (laughs) uh you know you're joking literally that happened (laughs) like 
verbatim. <laughs> Guys, the fridge is, in, is empty. Yeah. We got to stop. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. need to go get no, stuff like, right now. We would have to pause filming to mainline monster <laughs> and then like jump back in there. That literally happened. Um, but um, so so now, uh, yeah, so we did ask your black geek friend and I walked in the door. Another important thing is in my pep talk here. When I walked in the door to Geek and Sundry, I had a very specific plan of what I was trying to accomplish. I knew exactly what I was trying to do. And quite frankly, what I was trying to do is the thing I'm doing now. So early on, I just did everything I could do to establish myself as a reliable guy who was going to always try and deliver the best thing that I could do and help in any way that I can. And quite frankly, it worked. And then uh, I did Charity 20 this last December uh, for, where I played Vampire with Jason, which was actually my first time ever playing on stream ever is that recording. So you can see the Charity 20 Vampire game. Hey, that's my, that my first time. Very cool. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Well, it's funny to come full circle to like Vampire to be my end and then now here. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I will just say this one last thing, and this will put an end cap on this monologue. I encourage people to look at things in your time and your creativity in terms of the seeds you plant versus the seeds you eat. There's some things you can do now that maybe you do do a game for free, or maybe you do write something um, for exposure, quote unquote, uh, be careful because artists die of exposure, but sometimes right. Right. you can knowingly take it on the chin and take a bad deal. Cause I've absolutely done that yeah. because I was like, I'm going to leverage this to do this other thing. And you have to put in that work at some point to be able to reap the benefits later. Because like you said, this stuff that's happening for me now is literally the result of effort from years. Work, ago. work, 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 work. Right. Work, work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's job's, job's done. For, yeah. Good old uh, Warcraft 2. <laughs> yeah. My but, lord. Yes, my lord. But that's how, you know, when, uh, who is the, um, was it Dinklage? from uh game of thrones Peter. said you know everybody everybody looks at where i'm at today and go oh he's a come from nowhere hit it's like no dude this was <laughs> decades of work this is not come from nowhere been working my ass off for a long time you have too i mean that's that's the deal is that people see current success and they think oh man where'd this guy come from it's like no no no, no. you have been grinding for years to get a ghost of a chance at doing something like this and now you're doing it yeah, there's, there's one thing I can tell you for certain. There's two things that do not exist in this world, and that is the overnight success and the self-made man or the self-made woman. Right. Those two things are fiction. Right. Everybody works at it over time. Even if you get lucky, your just path is quote-unquote shorter than others. Right. Um, and everyone has help. 100% of people have help. Right. Um, yeah, It in it's... Uh, it it really is a numbers game. I mean, because you're, you're going to hit, if you're lucky, you're going to hit 1% of the shots you take. So you compensate by taking 10,000 shots. Like, I'm shooting a pilot tomorrow. Dude. Yeah. That's awesome. Right. I mean, but I'm just like YOLO, man. Yeah, <laughs> let's, let's put, put as much in the hopper and see what comes out as good on the other end. Right? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. And you Uncle know, Drew like, says, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Yes. Exactly. Uncle right. Drew is correct. Yeah. <laughs> Mic drop. That's Rich right. is out. We'll see you That's later, right. Rich. <laughs> you know, earlier you were talking about, um, you know, reaping the, reaping this, or rather focusing on the seeds you can sow and not the ones you can eat. 
knowing what you we, want out of life. You do need both. You let me yeah. be clear on that. You do need both. You got to pay your bills. You got to keep the lights yeah. on. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. You have to exert that long term effort at the same time. But yes, sorry. Go ahead. Um, there's a you reminded me of a quote, and I'm curious if it resonates with you. Uh, I think it's Ray Dalio said this. You can have anything you want, but you can't have everything. Also, Principles is a dope book. Ray Dalio's Principles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would agree with that. Because Oprah said something similar also. You can have anything, but you can't have everything. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually am of the opinion you can actually have everything, but you can't have everything all at once. (laughs) (laughs) There's stages at which you get to have these things. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Your life is definitely a group of stages. Yes. (laughs) Right. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, in the sense that I think um, people get their minds clouded about things that it's like, oh, it's it's not time to get married or it's not time to have kids or I'm just focusing on my career. Or I'm I'm going to get in shape next year or something like that. Like none of those things are guaranteed. And like I said earlier, if a thing is important to you, you'll find a way to do it, period. Um, I mean, uh, but to your point, I have a lot of things. I try to stay clear of someday maybe goals because someday maybe goals are not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you definitely need to be specific about your intentions, but like things like I want to go back to school and get my PhD. It's something I have every intention of in the world of doing, but I also recognize it's like a stage two, stage three. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's so much to do before then. Right. Exactly. Like I need to check off some other boxes before that becomes a thing. And yeah. one day you might just get a, uh, you know, an honorary uh, PhD from from some university. You go, here you go, man. Here, here you go. And I'm all like, oh, well, boom. Yeah. <laughs> Done. Yeah. Um, what would you get your PhD in? Uh, depth psychology uh, with a I was serious when I said I could talk Jung's red book if you wanted to. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's well, I, I'm I'm deeply interested in how human beings work because I've done having done the things I've done over the time that I've done them. I realize we're actually very simple creatures. Uh, I think you, you expose us to certain stimulus and you get certain responses. Right. And the through line of all the stuff I do, which is interesting because it's weird. I don't realize how many things I do until I actually just start listing them. That's uh, on my Patreon. I have a Patreon forward slash B Dave Walters shameless plug. We will link it in the show notes. It'll be in the show notes. Thank you. Well, the intro, the intro video is me talking about all the things I do because most people don't realize it. And it, it, again, it starts to sound gauche, but (laughs) the, the common theme in all of it is reducing human suffering Mm. because life is hard. And for a lot of people, life is getting harder and might be harder than ever right now. And so if I can tell a story or DM a game or do something silly that takes somebody's mind off of their troubles for an hour or two, I I think that is, that is a significant thing. And if something I write or do or coach them through helps them kind of reframe their troubles in such a way that they can solve them or make progress or complete some things from the past that are still holding them up or release their own baggage and issues and unresolved trauma and be able to move forward freely, then that's important. Yeah. So it seems like I'm all over the map and to a certain extent I am, but there's definitely a spoke that that wheel is spinning around. Well, in, in a lot of ways, that's the kind of power of gaming and role-playing at the table 
and and you and and the and the folks that you're surrounding yourself with all of you uh, you know unabashedly encourage that through the shows that you make and the and the characters you take on so that people can say oh cool i see how this is done now i can sit at the table and do these things yeah. and and go through this potentially you know growth prospect when we had um the guys from dots rpg on Mm-hmm. Talking about the uh, accessibility dice for for blind folk and all that kind of stuff, yep. you know, his cornerstone is you know role playing is a transformative thing. It allows us to address problems in ways that we can't do it in the real world, and yep. allows us to grow in ways that we couldn't in any other venue. Yep. And I 100% agree with that. You know, both both of those. You know, your take on life is suffering, and here's a way for me to make it a little less bad for everyone. I mean, I, I stole that idea from Buddha, though. You know, that's oh, the first yeah. noble truth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Rich is a Buddhist. My wife is a Buddhist. Like, I, we're <laughs> weak track. <laughs> you know, I feel like anybody that actually listens to it, it's kind of undeniable. If he's all, well, especially because let's, here, let's take a slight detour into Buddhism. Yeah. Well, let's do what this. Buddha, what Buddha really said was not even that life is suffering. It was that life is discomfort. Mm. that it's you're never quite happy you're always going to be hungry or sleepy or hot or cold or horny or angry or pissed off and it's all and and once you realize that and you realize that you're suffering from those things because of your attachments right then you can step back from that and start to free yourself from that wheel preach yeah those 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 unmet desires yes exactly duca yeah um uh, <laughs> again i'm all like which way are we going let's go let's go let's go let's go yeah no um, this is fantastic well you know it all started from so uh were you in entertainment to begin with you know the, uh, the answer was rambling, no the, the, the answer is no that Wait. is the simple answer yeah well i mean you you ran security for an entertainment group yeah no no but it was kind of it's, it's an unbelievable life journey it yeah. just really is and it's just this was the next stage of that and what an incredible i mean it, it, we were talking about all the stuff you're doing as you look at geek and sundry you know 2012 it's will wheaton yeah. And 2018, it's B. Dave, and you know well, quite a few other, quite a few yeah, other there's, regulars there's, there. There's there's some other people that you know. Yeah, do some, quite a few uh, other regulars. Yeah, yeah. some some they're, some they're support contrib- staff, some help. Their contribution <laughs> is not insignificant. No, <laughs> super role or support role. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Uh, no, it, it's uh, it is really fantastic. You're you're right. I will say I'm one of the few. Um, not few, it's maybe 50-50 of us that didn't particularly fancy myself an actor to begin with. Um, I mean, I like it fine because I like telling stories. I definitely think of myself as a writer first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like saying words, and anytime someone will turn on a camera, I tend to do that. <laughs> start start saying words. <laughs> I just start saying words, which is funny because we joke about this all the time when we go into like pre-production on things that people are like, so... What are we going to say about this? What are we going to say about that? I'm like, turn on the camera and I'm going to say words. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Don't worry about this. This is going to happen. And you know that geek nature comes through. And that there was a TV channel that was on there for a while that, that started off with that geek culture and had those geek people. And then they started to change. And they started getting G4? a little more. Yeah, I'm talking about G4. G4? They, they started getting a little more Hollywood. And then that changed on them. Yep. Then it became kind of maybe the man show or something. You know what I mean? Yep. It kind of became this different thing, which yep. I, I think Geek and Sundry really has a good lock on 
that geek culture versus yeah. going to Hollywood. Well, I think it's it's helpful also that for the most part, the people that are boots on the ground really do love these things and really do care about these things. It's authentic. Like like I've I did um, some work for a very large company that shall remain nameless. Um, I'm running this through the filter of seeing how vague I can be with this. I think I'm good. Uh, I did some some project for some work for a pretty iconic property. And most of the people who were charged with the care and maintenance and propagation of that property hadn't seen the films. Oh, wow. And that was just mind blowing (laughs) to me that I was like, what, (laughs) you know, and then, and then they, they did and it was better and it it was all good. But I mean, just having that moment. Yeah. Well, I mean, same thing, man. If you come to me right now and you're like, bro, we need you to write a strawberry shortcake reboot. Uh, the first thing I'm going to do is you go got watch it every single episode. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's be honest. Rewatch every <laughs> single episode. I was, I was about to say, like, like, yeah. really watch it. I bet, I bet, I bet you snuck a few in. I'm not, up. You, I'm not gonna lie to your face. Well, again, child of the '80s, right? Freaking yeah. Jim, Jim and the Holograms. Yeah. Jim and the Holograms oh. came on right before GI Joe. Oh, yeah. Oh and yeah! Everybody I know, low key, watch Jim and the Holograms. I mean, it's just on. You're waiting for your show, right? Yeah, no, oh, yeah. we're yeah. like watching it. It was just on. Yeah. It was just on. I'm just sitting there with my eyes open. Exactly. Yeah, and I mean, the fact that I have a Misfits tattoo is neither here nor there. You know, that could be anybody. That could be the punk band. You don't That's know right. me. Yeah, you don't right. know my life. You know, the, the day, the fact that this day started, and we talked about the Buddha. Hey, that can happen. The yeah. the fact that we talked about Jim and the Holograms. No, didn't expect that happening. Yeah, that's good. That's good. See that? See, I'm a diamond with many facets. That's right. That's right. You're always throwing aces. You you warned us ahead of time. <laughs> I did. I did. You were like, I'll edit this down, and I'm like, but you won't though. Yeah, no, just aces. straight straight to print. <laughs> just boom, boom. I'm like, turn on the live stream now. Let's teach the children. That's yes. right. We've been talking for a little bit about where you came from and all that kind of stuff. You have a lot of stuff in the hopper now. Yeah, I definitely want to get into that. Like. Let's talk about the D&D comic if we can. You know, my whole niche is diversity and inclusion. That's what put me on the map. Um, it, it Diversity and inclusion and talking about the symbology of these stories and especially the spiritual significance of these stories in how these comics and science fiction and things, especially comics and science fiction, these stories talk about what it means to be human on just a basic level. Yeah. And... I think the reason why diversity and inclusion matters is because everyone needs to see themselves represented in these iconic stories. They need to see heroes to aspire to and and villains to avoid. One of the quotes I had, I, I ran a, a high-level D&D show called Theogony of Kairos that I was very proud of. And one of the things I said that in this show, heroism and villainy will wear a hundred faces, and I hope that everybody can see themselves in some of them. And fast forward with the comic, I brought that same sentiment to it, where I'm trying to bring in as many different points of view as possible. Like we have a a pair of twins that are non-binary. Beautiful. In it. Um, Because a lot of these characters I actually came up with some years ago in fiction. And as I was adapting them to this, I now, uh, two of my castmates from the Uncommon Trust that I work with all the time are Sam DeLeve and Poisel and non-binary. And when we were discussing the twins, literally Poisel just said to me, he's like, can they be non-binary? And I'm like, 
Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Simple. Yeah, was, sure. Can do. You know? Um, our main protagonist is uh, a woman. Um, you know, the, the, the story goes it, in extremely broad strokes. Again, I apologize. Because, like, one, I don't want spoilers. And right, right. No, we don't want right. to do that either. Yeah. In, in extremely broad strokes, it is about a group of legendary heroes that are having to come out of retirement to save the world one more time basically gotcha and the story more or less goes back and forth from when they were teenagers roughly 15 16 to their mid 40s and so the story is kind of jumping across time and showing how they got to be where they are and how things came to be how they are i was going to ask so you know when they got their start the world works a certain way, I would imagine. And is there a is there a market difference in the way the world is when they're coming out of retirement? Kind of a looking around, almost like they're now the fish out of water, um, which is you know something that I guess when I look at when I look at the world today, a lot of people will kind of look around and go, "Man, this is not the world I grew up in." Mm-hmm. You know, is there some of that going on in in the comic? Yeah, I think it's a great question. Very much. Very much. And I, I leaned in very heavily to the Dungeons and Dragons lore of some specific key events that took place as part of the continuity. Mm-hmm. And I basically set them point blank at it. So some things happened that they were basically helpless to stop. And that sort of essentially put them on their trajectory. So to use a completely different metaphor, like in the first Avengers movie, you know, there's the incident where the aliens are coming down in New York. Right. Essentially, from our story, they would have been kids in New York that were trying to help and were basically helpless. Right. And right. And then things happened. <laughs> right. Yeah. But that was the impetus for them to gain the power that they would later potentially be able to use to, to stop something like that from happening again. So, again, to continue this parallel, you got the Defenders on Netflix, relatively low-powered. Which, if they had been the only ones there to defend New York, would have been way out of their depth. Yeah. And it essentially sets them on the path of, they'd already become the Defenders, and it sets them on the path of becoming the Avengers, if that makes sense. No, that does. That does. Absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah. really cool. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait for your comic to come out and so we can all read it. But how did all that come together? Like, was it part of your relationship at Geek and Sundry, or, or what happened there? Again, an, another we we just told I just gave this whole speech on the Wednesday Club oh. that this life in general life, but also this business, the entertainment business, really is relationships driven. Uh, you have to be good at what you do, of course. But right. So many gigs come along just from knowing somebody or knowing somebody that knows somebody, and they're like, "That guy's cool. Get that guy." Like I've been a part of it so many times. You're like, "We need this." Oh, she's cool. Cool. And that's literally it. <laughs> that's that's the, that's the interview process. That's the application yeah. process. That's you're the whole in. thing. Yeah. Yeah. You're in. Yeah. like so, like somebody that I trust vouches for you. Cool. And the flip side to that is true also that if you're not cool everyone knows right everyone knows that you're not cool right so you can start forming these relationships and connections with people even if you don't live in los angeles just by participating in twitter participating in discord participating in the communities of those people and just letting people see your face and know your name and you know read your words and get an idea of who you are and the kind of things that you create for me in particular, I, I work on a webcomic called uh, Electropunk with a friend of mine named Jeff Womister. 
And uh, that'll also be in the show notes, folks. Thank you. Yeah, no, Electropunk's dope. I'm very proud of it. Unfortunately, because of the insanity of both of our schedules, I don't know when we'll ever get to do any more of it, but you know, <laughs> that's where we are. That's the almost the pain of success, right? Is that, is that you grow to a place where it's like, look, these foundational things, I can't give my time to anymore because now I'm on to something else. Yeah, Jeff, and you're absolutely right. Jeff and I were working on Electropunk, and we know each other because our kids are in school together. And he was a director of Guardians of the Galaxy, the animated series for Disney, and a bunch of, and he's got a bunch of other credits. And so we were working on that. And a friend of his hit him up to do a comic book adaptation of a nonfiction book, which Jeff passed to me as a writer. And I was like, well, okay, yeah, of course I'll do it. And I started looking for an artist and Tess Fowler came up on my radar because of her work in the critical role fan art community. Yeah. Like I actually didn't know her because of her legit comic work. I knew her from that. Right. Wow. Yeah. So that's, I mean, where, however those threads come into contact yeah. is how it happens. Yeah. So I, I hit her up a couple months ago. I was like, I need an artist for this book. She read the script and she's like, the script is great, but it's not my thing. I'm more high fantasy because uh, this is like a suspense thriller, basically. And she was like, if the if it turns out the murderer is a werewolf, hit me back. <laughs> you know, it's not my thing, which, which I just had to accept. I was like, valid. Valid. You know, when we had so. when we had some illustrators from the gaming industry on, we had uh, Jabari and uh, Crystal Sully on, mm-hmm. and they said, you know, you have to know your strengths, you have to know your niche as or your niche as a as an illustrator. You can't take on all jobs because if you're not into it, it's going to yep. show. You need to yep. chase things that you're into and that you can do. So yep. good on her for recognize that and being like, look, man, I'm happy you thought of me, but this is not my this is not my forte. Yep. Totally. And so, um, so that was sort of that. And then a few months later, she hits me up and she's like, Hey, are you interested in doing a D and D comic? And again, I was like, stop right there. I'm in. Yes. And, uh, and we, we were, um, and I was like, not only yes, the day that you hear me say no, stake me and leave me in the sun. <laughs> yeah. It's already dead. Yeah. But my you soul know. is gone. This is an imposture if you're right. if you hear no from me. Yeah. Yeah. Some cruel simulacrum has taken my place. Yes. <laughs> it must be destroyed. That's right. Yeah. Um, so I um I was like, yeah, and we started talking, and honestly, in the first phone call, I already had her sold on the idea, the story that I wanted to tell, because again, it was something that I'd done as Fiction. It was a, I, I adapted characters that I'd created years ago. Um, and so I was prepared and we put it together and pitched it to IDW now, but here's, what's funny. So IDW at first didn't want to work with me cause I didn't have any mainstream publication credits and they didn't know who I was, oh. but everybody at wizards of the coast knew who I was right. because of my work on stream of many eyes and the other shows. Right. So I literally hit up all my friends at Watsy and was like, so this is a thing and I want it. Can you guys- <laughs> so shoot a note over to the guys that matter to help make this thing happen. And surprise, 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 <laughs> you know, Dude. I had people that, uh, you know, they vouch for me and, and I got the chance to, to show them what I could do. Wow. Um, that's awesome, man. That's so good. I mean, like that's that's one of those things that, you know, really kind of goes back full circle where you start talking about relationships, making things happen for you, you know, and giving people giving people your authenticness and giving people everything that you can 
you mentioned earlier, you know, taking some jobs on for exposure, taking it on the yep. chin. Yep. That does get you a relationship entry. Yep. Which you can yep. later on cash in. A hundred percent. Well, and, and again, I, I do want to be clear though. I, I don't mean do this in a predatory way of like, I'm going to do them a solid now so I can get my solid later. I'm like, no, you know, do your best, do your right. authentic best. Yeah. Um, because it's the right thing to do. And just know that it comes back around. It just does come back around. And I've seen people who kind of entered the game at the same time that I entered it. And our trajectories have been vastly different because they made it difficult to work with them. And I made it easy to work with me. And I was even joking with them at uh, Geek and Sundry about this because we were talking about shooting some promos and some other stuff. And I was like, just tell me when to be here. I'm in. Yeah. And, and they were like, cause the, cause that's the joke. I'm always like, you already know I'm going to say yes. And we were laughing about it. And I was like, but you guys know why I do that. Right. And they were like, why? I'm like, cause I say yes to so many things. So that when I say no, it carries some weight mm -hmm. because you guys know if I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Nope. I'm not doing that. Everybody's like, oh, there's oh, a reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Hold on. <laughs> yeah. What, what, what are we missing? Why yeah. is he saying no? Because what's going on here? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, um, and, and I mean, at the end of the day, it's fun, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's enjoyable. I mean, it, it, it definitely is effort at times is definitely work at times, but it's, I mean, we do literally play games with our friends for free. You know, you <laughs> sit around and nerd out talking about movies for free. Right. Um, so it's obviously if you're running a game, if you're DMing or something, there's a lot more involved in it than just showing up to play. Sure. But, you know, for, for the most part, it is not, you know, some soul crushing grind. Right. Yeah. There's things. a lot of there's a lot of personal joy in the endeavor. Otherwise, exactly. people wouldn't do it for fun. Exactly. And and you can tell. And, and I think when you look at the real show, the shows that really succeed, like. Part of the success of Critical Role, to me, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm an observer like everyone else, but at least I have the benefit of I know a lot of the people involved, is part of the success is they really enjoy the game and they really enjoy each other. Yes. Yeah. You know, I think people forget that CR was a home game first, and, and that genuineness shows. Right. And I think you see other games that were put together basically just like as a as a dream ensemble hang on we're about to be joined here by by another participants about to enter the game beautiful sorry Love audio it. people you're not gonna hang on let me see you're gonna see there uh oh. there she is yep yep my little girls came all right so hi hello please don't start talking into the microphone yeah, yeah, yeah. okay so yeah <laughs> people people lose track of the fact that cr was a home game first right in that they're and yes they've become monstrously successful now but they were coming from a place of love originally and they're still coming from a place of love and you can tell and you can tell when somebody's got a show that was basically tried to be assembled paint by the numbers like a 90s boy band right like the not to call any groups out there but you can go to twitch and just find groups where it's like mm -hmm. this popular twitch streamer hooked up with this popular twitch streamer yep. and they're gonna make a game together but there's obviously no real chemistry because they're both trying to be the top dog even though one of them's running the game the other one's playing you know it's yeah. like no no or no there's kids. just not chemistry 
Right. Yep. The, the two people don't play well off each other. They they yeah. they would never play a game anyways together. And yep. you know, we do a lot of convention talk and there are times we play convention games yep. and it is epic for four hours. But then you go to the next one and it is like pulling freaking teeth. Yeah. And yep. it's just the mix of those five people at that one time yep. was perfect. Yep. Well, it's it's funny. I mentioned that I was getting texted by the We're Life Frontier cast. I mean, I've been fortunate to find meaningful connections with two different groups. But, I mean, we talk. We still talk every day. Like, we shot season one in February, and we talk literally every day. That's awesome. And that is then, so cool. And then uh, with my group that I'd, I'd assembled, the cast of Theogony of Kairos... Uh, we went on to put together our Uncommon Trust project where we're doing like lots of different games in lots of different places because we had the, the right chemistry, essentially. And, and, and there's been plenty of games that I've played where we all got along fine. We roll some dice and it's a good time, you know, but again, it wasn't, you know, you didn't necessarily like resonate on that level. Sure. You know, yeah. And and sometimes a, a crew that you resonate with just doesn't fit for that game. Right. Be, be it system or setting or there's some aspect to it that somebody's not connecting with. So it's like, eh, this one wasn't wasn't the one. But we've yep. had great experiences beforehand. So let's, you know, rediscover what that magic was. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Um, and, and a lot of it also, I think what the games are affects it in the sense that like with We're Alive, it was, I mean, honestly, it was almost like a bond of shared trauma. It really was like we'd gone to war together. <laughs> right. Yeah, because you you guys are all haggard and sleep deprived and yeah. out of energy. It's like, all right, let's yeah. just soldier through this together. <laughs> Dude, season two is so intense. There was so many times you could hear a pin drop on the set with where we're just like, just fighting so hard to <laughs> get out of things. And in in literally there was so many times that it's like, oh, so and so's about to get shot. I jump in front of them. Oh, I tackle the person that jumped in front of them. You know what I mean? Like just doing everything we could. Oh yeah. To just get out. Um and it, it was bananas. And, and I think um when you I think a big part of that though I think you have to have a storyteller that is willing to push the envelope and you have to have players that are willing to be open and vulnerable with each other. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's one thing that I, I really wanted to talk about. I'm glad you're bringing it up. Being vulnerable on a stream in front of a bunch of people where, you know, that, you know, as you do it, there's Twitter activity on it and yeah. Instagram and all kinds of stuff. I mean, there's activity on everything you do, the moment it hits the streets. Yep. And I sometimes wonder like with properties like vampire where power dynamics are a big part of it or survival games where you have to sometimes do really terrible things in order to see the seeds of tomorrow. Like that to me is interesting. Like how, how do you and, and, and the crews that you're with, like how do you guys manage that? Well, it's interesting with both, we're alive and uh vampire and dread when i played dread at gen con with ivan also because i wasn't full up on ivan van norman emotional trauma <laughs> you didn't know what you're getting into uh, but i did though that's the thing oh, no. which is funny because when when we played dread and i was nervous and ivan's like you should know by now what it means to play with me and i'm like i do that's why i'm nervous <laughs> yeah uh, which just an aside, if you ever have a chance to play Dread, play it. 
I have never seen a more ingenious mechanic for tension. And it's just a Jenga tower. But as you start watching those blocks disappear, what I didn't expect, what I didn't expect Dread to affect me so much was not being afraid that the tower was going to collapse on me, but that the tower was going to collapse on them. Right. Because you have empathy for the people you're with. Yes. Yes. And you, it's, it, you cannot believe how quickly it gets like ratcheted up, but just having this like visual representation of exactly how precarious your situation is. It's very, it's right. brilliant, brilliant system. Uh, but in terms and, of, oh. and you're making it worse every time you do a thing. Yes. Cause the next person now has to deal with the thing you just did. Yes, literally. Yeah. Um, but, but to your point about, um, you know, the consent and aftercare with both of those shows, we very much had, what are we all okay with? What are we not okay with? We had an understanding of what we had a sign for when it was too much. Good. Which, um, when we're alive, we never used and we went deep. And I think pretty much all of us were just kind of like squeeze out of me, what you can squeeze out of me. Type. Well, I mean, you guys were uh, almost like bunker buddies at that point. So like yeah. you yeah. might not have seen a way out other than through. <laughs> yeah, and, and and I mean, I don't mean that in any way to, to minimize some people that have some non-starters, because there was there were a couple of points that we were given. Uh, we, we did have a couple of no-go areas. Uh, Understandably, yeah. Yeah, we, 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 but, but it was, it was a fairly short list. It was a fairly short list. And, and, and when, and when, and when we got into like what you, how far you can like push us as individuals, we all were kind of like, well, let's see where we can go. Right. You know? Right. Um, and the same thing has happened with vampire. We had the same talk. We had, uh, you know, the consent and the aftercare and we had all that, that conversation. And for the most part, you know, we, one or two no-go areas, which again, I think you could probably just, you know, logically deduce what the no-go areas are. Right. Right. But, but I mean like that game, for instance, um, like the nature of consent is important in, in, in episode three, I think when we actually did our feeding, you know, there was some people that didn't like seeing the fact that some of us hypnotize people. Right. And, and, and that's how, that's how we do what we do. Right. And, and while that's uncomfortable for some, I'm like, that's that game in, in, in asking yourself, you know, who, what does that make you? What does it make someone that does this? How do you feel about that? Like right. all of that is that's that game. <laughs> right. Well, and yeah. you know, when you read the, I think it's like the opening couple of paragraphs in the book, they say, look, in this game, you're playing a character. This character is not you. This is yep. not, you know, they preload some, some consent talk and some, some aftercare right there in the opening paragraphs to say, yep. look, this is going to force you. If you're going to yep. play this game and you're going to play it right, it's going to force you to have some very tough answers. Yes. Because you need to do this thing that's horrific in order to survive. Yes. And there is and no, there's no good. Even if you get consent, there's no good here because right. you are feeding on humans to yeah. to make it to tomorrow night. Yeah. And you are, I, you are in fact a monster. Yeah. Right. And I think that that's really interesting to me that obviously obviously there's going to be an audience response and then your response to that to to stay strong and say look I understand that makes you uncomfortable, you know. It should it should make you uncomfortable. Well, uh, but you know, this is a game. This is the this is the way that game is played. 
Well, and again, those questions are questions we want you to have to answer. Uh, like we just had this episode where, again, spoiler alert, earmuffs. It will have been weeks by now, but just in case, spoiler. Um, we had the reveal of uh, Erica Sire, uh, of who of who'd created her, which is Taliesin, mm-hmm. and he his character Carver was still relating to her in a fairly flirty, sexualized manner, right. And some people were saying like that made them so uncomfortable, but I'm like, again, that's understanding those interpersonal relationships and those power dynamics among vampires. Right. Is that game, Right. (laughs) you know, like there, there is a quasi parent child component sometimes, but they're also as, as overt part of the lore, you know, the, the sensuality of what makes a vampire a vampire is foundational to it. It's why being bitten is enjoyable, right? Like it, it's it's a it's a it's a very non subtle, <laughs> yeah, you know, mechanic. Exactly. Well, it all harkens back to the origin of vampires in mythology, anyways. That it's a seduction, and that it's 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 pleasurable, but sinful, and you're not supposed to want it, but you crave it, and it's like yep. this whole aspect of it. It's like, look, we're gonna game this in front of you, and it's not yep. gonna feel great. Because yep. this is, from a power dynamic perspective, not good. But it, it is it, it is what it is when you're monsters. I, I can tell you how I navigate that. Because if you'll find most of the things I play, especially when it's live, but even when it's edited, for the most part, I tend not to really hesitate when I do things. Because the thing that I show up to the table with is I'm 100% clear on who my character is. And when you know who they are, it's easy to know what they would do. Right. Uh, it's easy to know who they would save, who they would not save, uh, who they'd hesitate and who they wouldn't hesitate at all. Um, and it's funny because at least in Vampire, that's the, that's the dynamic between Erica and I, that she's new and I'm the oldest. Mm-hmm. And so she's very much grappling with, you know, right and wrong. And whereas like I was in a situation, for instance, where we had these three captives and the captives found out that I had that this kid was my son. And I immediately executed the captives. Right. Because oh, you, yeah. you're not going to have, you're going to let them have any power over you. Right. Yeah. And if they know, everybody knows. Right. And if everybody knows you're, they're going to hurt you to hurt me. Right. So right. So would I instantly execute these three dudes? hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, it's 100%. like, it's, it's like right out of heat. You know, yeah. the, the, that movie where the guy, the one guy kills a security guard and it's like, all right, well, they all got to die now. Cause they've all seen exactly. us. And that's exactly. just all there is to it. That's it. It's just it's, it becomes it becomes math at that point. But that's that's this character. Right. And it is by no means every character I've played, but it's him. Right. You know, um, and because I know that it is easy to for me to almost ride that that trajectory back to my my conversation that I was having with Jason before. And you were asking me how much of these things do we kind of pre-script type thing? Um, I was just essentially bouncing off of him that it's like i essentially see victor's trajectory is this you know? <laughs> yeah because um, he, he he walks with certainty in a in a in an evil world and yeah. that's yeah well and directly at odds with immortal monsters that could murder us all in an instant you know that's uh there's that tiny chestnut you know <laughs> yeah exactly 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 yeah it's nothing it's fine it's fine it's fine yeah you know? Yeah, but, we, we might all die tomorrow, but I'm going to make yeah, sure we don't because I'm going to yeah. do whatever it takes. 
or at least going to go down swinging. Yeah, that's, that's right. But but I think but it, it's interesting to me. It's funny because if you talk to me two maybe three weeks ago, I would have told you that my character on We're Alive and my character on Vampire are vastly different. I mean, to a certain extent, when you create a character it's still coming through the lens of you. Mm-hmm. And so right. there's definitely going to be certain patterns. Sure. Unless somebody else assigns you a character. Right. And then you can be like super far outside, you know, but, but well, the e- most- even then you're probably still approaching that through your own experiences, your own understandings right. of things. Yeah. 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 Right. Right. So there's, there's certain limitations, you know, to, to what you're going to bring to it uh, for good or for ill. But I would have told you that they were like super different, but now they've ended up in very, very similar situations where uh, essentially, um, you know, leaders of unruly populations that don't necessarily want to listen to them. (laughs) And and I'm like, dude, it happened again. (laughs) Well, some of that I think is that as a player, you probably exude that you can handle that situation. Because as a, as a GM, like you can read your players and be like, you know what? If I give them this, that's not going to go well. But yeah. this guy, I can give him this problem, and he's going right. to do some interesting stuff with that problem. Yes, and and I I think um, yeah. Well, it, it's funny because I I think about the people that I've played with more than once. Um, and and you're right. I think people have. I, th- I think they have what they find interesting. Like for me, we played a game of uh, we played a home game of a uh, hill folk like recently. I don't know if you're familiar with that game. No, it's so cool. What is it? it? It's neat. It's it's um it's very story driven and very dramatically driven. And like, there's not actually a ton of dice rolling. In fact, it's a system of drawn cards, it's like a deck of cards. Oh, nice. Yeah. But it's way more. I try and do the thing and you explain it in such a way. And then the storyteller just kind of adjudicates it mm-hmm. type thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were playing it and the, the game we were playing was a uh, minions where you're, I mean, not minions like the, you know, little yellow dudes. I mean, henchmen, <laughs> henchmen. You're right. Henchmen. Yeah. 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 You are, you are underlings. Yes. 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 Um, and, we kept trying to do things and it wasn't working And the storyteller afterwards was like, well, yeah, but you're bad at it. You're just minions. And I'm like, I'm not interested in playing a game where I'm bad at everything. Right. You know, right. like I, 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 I experience being weak and constrained in life, right. you know, which to me right. is the, is the point behind tabletop RPGs in particular to a much lesser extent, video games, but definitely tabletop RPGs is you get a chance to be at cause in the world. You get a chance to take actions that have a meaningful impact. Right. Um, And it might be good. It might be bad. You might be heroes, villains, yay, nay. You might win, lose, whatever, but it's going to matter. Right. Yeah. And that your agency has real potency to it. Like you can actually do something and not just want to do something, but never get the permission to do something in a game. Fucking you're going to go and do that thing. Yeah, right. And it, again, you roll the dice and you might come up short, but at least you're going to get a shot at it. And I, I think especially I, I wrote this whole thing that I posted on Twitter um, about basically what makes a good DM is a thread because a few people had asked me. And one of the things I said was, you know, again, that you have to give them the chance to feel at cause. 
And the, the greater extent to which you take that away from them, the greater extent that they feel constrained in the game, the worse time they're having. And I mean, again, of course, the game has rules. Things can come up short. They can lose fights. They can get killed. I mean, it yeah. there needs to be stakes. But again, uh, I don't feel like, no, you can't do that. Shouldn't really have, uh, shouldn't really be in a DM's vocabulary. Right. Yeah. Uh, you could be like, you could try, and there might be these ultra dire consequences. <laughs> But <laughs> yeah, but my favorite part. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, true. But that's that is true. I, you know, it's it's you say that, and like one of my big lessons in the last, I want to say, five years of being a DM, and I'm always learning something as a DM is if I'm going to put my characters in chains, like they've been arrested. Yeah, I need to be prepared for them to do some really crazy shit. Yeah, because because even if it makes perfect sense in the world that they get arrested for this thing and, you know, they're going to get out of jail every minute they go without having agency as a character is a minute where they're going insane and they're hating yep. the game. And yep. so, like, I, I chase them with cops, but I don't I don't arrest them anymore because it's not fun. It's, a, right. it, you know, it immediately becomes this 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 giant problem. It's like, no, no, no. I want you all to have as much agency as possible and you might get taken out. Yeah. For doing something terrible. But right. on the way, you got to do those decisions, and it wasn't like you were ever constrained by by authority. Yeah, I uh, I had a, a DM years ago who was one of those type of very constraining people, and it was always irritating. Like, we played um, uh, Pathfinder, Skull and Shackles, right when it first came out. Heck yeah. And essentially, the newbie, the newbie zone of Skull and Shackles is this city that is like ships that are lashed together, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like and a big raft. Makes, yeah, and that's what makes the city. And we were looking for some mob boss there. And my character in that game was basically Rorschach from Watchmen. Nice. Like, just black and white wrecking ball. Right. There's guild and there's innocence. Uh, I was a, I was a great warden, if you know Pathfinder at all, which is basically your Rorschach. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like you find guilty people and execute them. Yes. So uh, I sat down at the bar and I was like, bartender, uh, I know the mob boss is here. Take me to him or, you know, I'm going to kill you. And the bartender was like, uh, no, you won't. And I was like, I take my sword out and I put it on the bar. <laughs> I'm all like last chance. And he was like, well, there's so many guards here. And I was like, the question you got to ask yourself is, can the guards get to me before I get to you? <laughs> and he and he was like, roll to bluff. I was like, I'm not bluffing. If he doesn't do it, I'm going to kill him. Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, it should be roll to intimidate because <laughs> this right, is not. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm dead serious, you know? And, and he kept like trying to talk me out of it. And on the inside, I'm like, if you want us to get like rolled up by guards or whatever, you could do that. But. If in, in that exact situation, if you don't intend to have it be settled with fisticuffs and you can see that's where someone's going and it's super in keeping with their character and the burden is on you as the storyteller mm -hmm. to have the bartender say something or someone else say something or some other like plot intrusion. Right. You know, to, to move it the way you want to go. Um, because this, this same guy, he'd be the type of person where it was like, um, all right, we look around the bar and there's a there's a door behind the bar. And I'm like, I sneak behind the bar and go through. Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah. You know, 
Uh, so you get over to the door. The door is locked. Pick the lock. You can't pick the lock. Kick the door. The door is too strong. <laughs> get a running start and kick the door. Are yeah. you sure? And I'm like, well, now I have to get through the door. Like, yeah, I have to. yeah, yeah, yeah. This 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 plot lock you've put on the door is... <laughs> right? Is, the door must be destroyed. <laughs> yeah. I will burn this whole fucking place to the there ground. There are um, <laughs> old crates and some uh, casts back there, and um, that's it. That's it. Yeah. That's 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 your solution. If you intended it to be a non sequitur. And I'll tell you something I do to my players, and they've kind of caught on to me now. Mm. Where if I know, if you're in the dungeon and I tell you you can go left or right, and I know the next thing you're going to do is fight the dragon, it doesn't matter to me if you go left or right. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah, just, Let them choose to get to the yeah. place you want them to get to. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's your like, map. Exactly. I'm all like, guess it's in there, dragon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we, we close the door and go the other way. And ah, it's just another way to the same room. I don't know what you wanted here. <laughs> yeah, no. Now it's a teleporting dragon. That's weird. That's super Ooh. weird because now he's with you. Uh, now it's awkward. <laughs> You're both in the bathroom, urinals, dragon. And roll initiative. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, I, I think... And that's why I say I think that's true to a lesser extent for video games, because, of course, I mean, even in the most open world of games, you're still pretty much on rails in the sense that you have to more or less have to follow the narrative as laid out. You more or less have to follow the game as designed. Right. Yeah. You can't get to the end boss without going through a bunch of the main plot missions. Right. And that's just the right. way those. So you can open world wander all you like, but you're never going right. to get to the end unless you go through the script. Right, which is just not true of tabletop RPGs. Right. And if you want to spend the entire time in the tavern, you could do that. And that was, uh, it's funny because when I was talking to Jason when we were setting up the game for Vampire, uh, and I tell this to all streaming DMs who haven't done it, I'm like, you're going to get through roughly a half to a third of what you plan to have happen. Like what oh, you yeah. think is going to happen, like slice that into teeny tiny pieces. Yep. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Maybe we've also learned that lesson here because <laughs> yeah. that's so true. It's just, it just takes longer than you think it's going to take when you're streaming. Yep. It just does. Yep. Which is weird because you're like, you would think extracting the distractions and extracting the Netflix check non sequiturs would move things along, but that is not the case. Right. It just adds more time for detail and more mm -hmm. time for all right, explain this to us and let's talk about this and okay, let's do these things. And it's like, all right, that all makes perfect sense. So boom, we've just burned an hour. Yep. And, and, and let it breathe some, which again, for, uh, for we're alive every episode, which is roughly an hour, somewhere like one fifteen, one thirty, uh, we shot three hours, three hours every time. And they, and they, they chop it down. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Just to yep. get to, just to get to the meat. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And add all the sound effects and, Ratchet up the tension and everything. So you have a, a lot less of us chewing on fingernails and more of us very decidedly chewing on fingernails. <laughs> yeah. It's like, this is awful. Yeah. No, there's a dude in season two. There's a fight sequence that afterwards, after the fight sequence, we were just like, holy shit. And I will tell you this: this is this is a, this is only a mild spoiler. We do not all survive this season. <sighs> yeah. I love we it. Do not. All I survive. love it. See, yeah. games need consequences. You need risk yep. of PC death for PC decisions to matter. 
and yep. you don't have, it's, people don't have to die every game you know yep. or every campaign or that kind of stuff but if there's no risk yeah because i i do feel you have an obligation to the fans yeah to if you basically enter into this pact with each other that you are going to take them on a journey and they're going to take that journey with you. You have to see that journey to conclusion. Yeah. And that's why I respect the hell out of JK Rowling because girl got in there and grounded out. Well, and she had a spreadsheet saying, all right, here are my threads. Here are the ones that matter. Here are the ones that are going to fall off in each book. She had it all charted out and she executed. And surprise, surprise. She wrote one of the iconic um, franchises of all time. Oh right? yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. If we bring it back to these these streaming games, this kind of dual responsibility that creators and audience members have with one another is all right there in the middle of it because there there's so much interaction between you and your audience and there's so much interaction back and forth that it's like, look, I'm responsible to you. You're responsible to me. We're all on this journey together. And this only works if both people are participating. Yep. Yep. I, I recently had a conversation with a, a streaming DM that said the words like, you don't owe the fans anything. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You owe the fans everything. You know, like, right. I, I, I mean, I do believe that if you start trying to recalibrate based on what you think the fans want, you're doomed. Right. Yeah, you're doomed. Like you, you have to tell your authentic story to the best of your ability. Um, and you know, some people are going to like it and some people won't And the internet being the internet. Some of the people that like it the most are going to complain the loudest, which is weird. Yeah. Um, but you know, you, all you can do is speak your authentic truth, which all the way back act one callback act one callback. When I rant about, you know, do the thing. That's what I mean. Did you draw your pictures, write your stories, play your games, do your stream? Cause that's, there's been. 20 billion human beings have walked this earth and there only ever has been or ever will be one you. Right. And however big it might seem, uh, some people are rolling or how fortunate we might be in some of the places we are. I'm like, it, if I can do it, you can do it. That's one of my, my favorite quotes ever. And I, it's same thing. I said this before it's from Marcus Aurelius. I'm paraphrasing, but basically if anyone can do something, believe that you can do it. Right. But also, just because you cannot do something, don't believe that no one else can. You know, right. like it's uh, it we're we're living proof that it can be done. You know, we're 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 living proof that the dream is real. So, just hang in there, and make it happen. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I would. I do want to make sure that I'm giving you an opportunity to talk about the other things that are important to you that I haven't thought to bring up. So is there something else that that is coming down the pipe that is really important that we need to get out by the time this episode comes out, say, at the end-ish of October, early-ish November? Uh, we do have another sci-fi-themed show that is coming, but I don't know when the official announcement for that is going to drop. I'll be making my return to the DM chair with that. So, oh, yay. Um, good deal. With, awesome. With, uh, it'll be completely... Uh, my own original setting, my own original thing from absolutely from the ground up. Dude, um, what I will tell there. you what the premise is. Are you are you I'm doing are you doing that. somebody Thank else's you. system or what? what, what, what? I'm ninety nine percent sure I'm gonna use a cipher system. Monica Games, good hell yeah. Um, 
I thought about trying to do my own thing. And I mean, I've basically been picking it once it's college. Everyone has, but, but it's going to be hard enough work getting all the story and plot and threads and everything lined up with also trying to manage underlying mechanics. Right. And, and do you really want to open yourself up to that feedback while it's still in a pre pre pre-product stage? Yeah. Right. I I will tell you, uh, I won't tell you where it's going to be, but this, Hey, I haven't said this publicly anywhere. So muscle top. So the, uh, I'm actually not going to tell you the name of the show just yet. Cause I haven't logged down all the socials. Okay. I was about to, no, no, blah, no, 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 no. You're good. Blah. You're good. But I need to lock down the socials. Um, actually I'll tell you now, this will, this will behoove me to lock down the socials before yes. this episode. You're on a clock, dude. <laughs> yes. Uh, unless one of you beats me to it. I'll be like, ah, <laughs> curse my one weakness. Dude, that is not us. <laughs> uh, the name of the show is going to be sword of Alexandria. Oh, very nice. And and the basic premise is uh, roughly 200 years in the future, uh, an indeterminate cataclysm has hit the planet Earth. And uh, I saw an article a couple years ago, and it's very interesting, about uh, how big would a building have to be to house the entire human race. And if you Google it, it's super fascinating. It is nowhere near as big as you think. It's basically like a Borg cube that could sit very comfortably on Manhattan Island. And that's like, it's like basically if like the entire planet had to live in an Ikea, I think you get like 300 square feet of living space or something per per human kind of thing. Yeah. 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 So it's by no means, you know, super luxurious, but it's also not like people in drawers. (laughs) Yeah. It's not, it's not, it's not like the, uh, the hive hotels in Japan. Like you actually have a a place to sit and you can have a a TV and, you know, look exactly. Exactly. Everybody gets a dorm room. You get a little wingspan. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I kind of always had that idea tumbling around in the back of my mind. So in the future, we this cataclysm is hit and the human race basically banded together to try and figure out how that we were going to survive. And they built four of these cities. Okay. Four world cities. There's one in the Americas uh, for the population of uh, America, Mexico, South America, Canada, all in one all of Africa, all of Europe, all of Asia. Uh, One of the cities has already fallen. It's confirmed destroyed. And another one has stopped communicating and no one knows why. And and these cities are on earth or somewhere else. Okay. These are, these are on earth. And the backup plan also was a space expedition was launched as well, because it basically was just hail Mary's to, Mm -hmm. to make sure the human race survived. Yeah. Eggs in baskets, baskets go. Exactly. Which one of the macro themes of the show is what does it even mean to be human anymore? Yeah. Because we, we've changed so much and did so much and tried so many different things. And, and one of the through threads is uh, essentially the singularity happened. So there is a major, I say virtual reality, but that doesn't do it justice. But, you know, a data, a VR data web mm-hmm. that everyone can connect to. And that's the through thread to the cities and the ships. The people can all still access the same thing and communicate with each other gotcha and and the name of the uh the name of the area where they all go is alexandria but it's we have things like there's definitely going to be people that just uploaded themselves into the computers again it's a part of the singularity they don't have physicalities anymore they only live digitally oh beautiful but but then you have intelligent ais and it's like well how are you different from me then like it's that kind of well, stuff. And and what is the what is the conflict between people who still have meat bag bodies, and the people who are now digital, taking each other's resources and competing over over mind share and all that kind of stuff like that is 
beautiful, dude. There's so much to unpack there. That's phenomenal. Yeah, it's, it's, it should be a good time. Yeah, it should be a good time. That's, that, <laughs> sounds, that sounds like a lot of fun, man. That's I'm, yeah. I'm a giant sci-fi nerd, so that's, uh, I'm already off on a tangent just like, oh, man, I could play this or this and this. That sounds like well, a great world. That show should be launching uh, first week in December. Excellent. Is, uh, is, is when, when that should be hitting. And then uh, the Watsy D&D show, uh, very early 2019. Uh, I'm probably going to try and stagger those as seasons. So it's like when Sword of Alexandria is done with its run, the Watsy show done, then back season two, like, well, Hopscotch, probably. Sure, probably. sure, yeah. And then maybe um, a LA by Night season two uh, just kind of sneaks its way into your schedule at some point kind of thing. Look, man, I do this every night of the week and twice on Sunday if it's up to me. <laughs> yeah, heck yeah. Yeah, I was like, I'm in, you know? Yeah. yeah I'm in. He's going to say yes. Right. Yeah, you've already said. I, yeah. I'll show up and say yes if I can. You, you know what's weird? I, I think I had to say no to my first thing maybe two weeks ago. This is since like last March. I finally turned something down and I actually felt kind of dirty, <laughs> you know? I'm, I'm, I'm just. And it was only because I'd already agreed to do a different thing at that time. Yeah. Hey, conflicts happen, man. Yep. It's true. Yeah. There is no conflict. Yeah. But it's uh, it's good times. And then, like I said, um, D&D in a castle uh, next summer. I'm sure I'm going to have some part to play in, in the Dungeons and Dragons next summer event. Oh, yeah. Um, which I've, I've gotten a tiny sneak peek into because I'm laying some Easter eggs for the event into the comic book. So pay close attention. Very cool. Beautiful. Beautiful. Comic. It might give you some insight into what's coming down the pipeline. Oh yeah. Uh, and folks, we're going to put as much of this into the show notes as we can. So I know that you are working on locking a bunch of stuff down and there's going to be links forthcoming, but as you yep. get them, feed them yep. to me and I can always update the post later on. So, well, I appreciate that. Yeah. And, you know, follow me at B. Dave Walters. I'm at B. Dave Walters on all the socials. Uh, these days, I'm, I think I'm the most active on Twitter, but you can find that's my name, Erwer. Uh, and, you know, hit me up. <laughs> you bet. Yeah, absolutely. And that's definitely going to be in there. Uh, so, folks, please find yourself, find your way to B. Dave Walters and all the crazy cool stuff that this guy's involved in. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm just trying I'm just trying to think because it's funny because I start listing off stuff and then I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that thing. Oh, yeah. Like um, yesterday we were playing a Numenera on Q Times or part of our Numenera game that ends this. It'll be over by the time this comes out, I think. And we were like rattling off things to do catch us here watch this blah 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 and ash was like what about we're alive and alquin and i both were like oh yeah yeah should mention that yeah yeah that's all the, the thing things happening you yeah. need you need like a um you need one site that's just the b day b dave walters site that has all the things you're in on and like what's top of mind here's archive like here's all the stuff it's true. It's shotgun <laughs> offense, man. Shotgun offense. That's right. That's 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 all. That's all I'm doing. I'm all like, find me somewhere. And it's funny because somebody was like, "Aren't you worried about getting overexposed?" And I'm like, uh, "Until the rock is overexposed, yeah. I think I'm good." Yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> yeah, no. That's a great answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's no such thing as that right now. No way. No. Yeah. I'm. I'm all like, when was the last time you saw someone wearing Nikes and you were like, "Oh, Nikes." <laughs> <laughs> I'll take my chances. Yeah, you're yeah. you're not you're not setting your sights low, right? No, I'll, I I will take my chances, man. Like I, that, I look forward to that being my problem, right? To being like, is it possible that I'm doing too many things? <laughs> Are people In tired of me yet? No, right? No, In not by a thing. long shot. Well, haters gonna hate, man. That's cool. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I'm just uh, I keep doing what I do. 
And I hate because you only need a thousand people to like it. Remember? That's, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Oh, man. Well, dude, this has been awesome. We've had you for like two hours, way more than I thought we would get you. And this has all been gold. This has I been, told you, aces. Yeah, man. Because this is something I didn't tell you. And, and you stopped me when I ramble too much now. But when we were picking our clans, I'd played a gang role at the in the charity game, and everybody thought I was going to play a gang role again. Mm. And I'm like, no, I'm gonna play Ventrue because that's what I love. Right. And if we're if we're introducing this game to the to the modern era and to a new audience, I want to be the freaking face of Ventrue. Right. Because I knew in the back of my mind, even if I'd done a super dope gang role, I still would have been like, mm, but man, I wish I'd been a Ventrue. That's right. That's <laughs> right. That's right. I'm that's right. I got to go in on it. Now, hang on. Here's your something. promo photo for that was perfect. <laughs> I thank loved you. it. To paraphrase, especially if you listen to all of this, thank you. Hey, you're the patience of a saint. Uh, and also, also, you're welcome. <laughs> it's again, guys. It's it's two way street. You know, I, it's just true. I really, honestly, more than anything, don't give up playing games. Don't give up hanging with your friends. Don't give up engaging in the things that you love. And if it really matters to you to be living in a creative space to be making music or writing stories or painting pictures or doing literally anything, do it because life is both too short Mm. and way too long Mm. to not be giving yourself permission to follow your bliss. And I swear to you, doors will open that you cannot imagine. And that doesn't mean you have to become some super famous person. It might just be the people you meet, the cons you get to go to, the experiences you get to have sharing something with another human being. So do the thing. Love it. Pretty Namaste. Good. And I'm out. <laughs> well, dude, he, he just dropped the mic. Yeah, dude. Thanks so much we, for being we can't here. Hear him anymore? V. Dave Walters, dude. Thanks so much for being here. This has been a phenomenal discussion. Really. Thank you. Hey, again, we hit uh, we hit Buddha. We hit Jung. Uh, I got a Darth Vader illusion in there. Yeah, I saw a little Return of the Jedi. I think dropped in there yeah. too. Yeah. 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 Right. Right. See, get, you know what that is? You know what that, that's staying on brand. Right. <laughs> staying on brand. Well, everyone, as always, have fun and play well. May all your roles be crits. That is beautiful. Thanks for listening. This episode was produced by me, David Gillespie, with music provided by Taylor Guillory. Our web presence is managed by Amy Nelson. And if you like our style, please leave a review for us on iTunes. It's the best way to help people find us. Most importantly, though, feel welcome to connect with us on Twitter, our Facebook group, Discord server, our Friday night Twitch streams, and our website, all under the name High Shelf Gaming. We really look forward to talking and playing games with you. My body's ready. That's all we need. Mm-hmm.